welcome to my mommy's podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Ready Set Food, a new company that is completely revolutionizing food allergy prevention in children. We've all heard that this problem is on the rise. In fact, most of us know someone personally who has a child with food allergies, or perhaps you've even experienced this yourself. There are many theories for why this is on the rise, and certainly many aspects that need to be addressed, like gut health and immune support, etc. But Ready Set Food is taking the cutting edge of research and science and using it in a practical way to prevent babies and children from getting food allergies in the first place. Here's how. The most up-to-date studies are showing that carefully calculated early exposure in the right amount can stop many cases of food allergies. Ready Set Food makes this easy with a simple system that can be added to breast milk, formula, or baby's first foods to give incremental and calculated exposure to the top allergens like peanuts, egg, and milk. When used as directed, this can reduce the chance of childhood allergies by up to 80%. And many of the top pediatricians in the country recommend this product and they have medical advisors overseeing every aspect of it. You can learn more about this evidence-based approach and how to integrate it if you have a baby by going to readysetfood.com forward slash wellnessmama. Again, that's R-E-A-D-Y-S-E-T-F-O-O-D.com forward slash wellness mama. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic, a company whose delicious drink mixes I use daily pretty much in some form. I've been fascinated lately by studying the benefits of medicinal mushrooms like chaga, for instance, which has more antioxidants gram for gram than anything else on the planet. So one serving, for instance, has the same amount of antioxidants as 30 pounds of carrots. Crazy. Cordyceps is another one, which is great for the immune system. There's reishi, which helps promote restful sleep, and lion's mane, which is thought to promote focus and brain health. Four Sigmatic takes these superfood mushrooms and blends them with coffee for a brain-boosting, jitter-free morning drink. They also have a line of delicious elixirs that are caffeine-free, and they're great for any time of day. So I almost always end my day with a warm cup of their reishi elixir, which makes a noticeable difference in my sleep quality. And I often begin my mornings with a cup of their coffee with lion's mane. My kids also love their superfood hot cocoa, and I love that it contains reishi, which helps promote calm and sleep. You can check out those products and all of their products by going to foursigmatic.com forward slash wellnessmama, and you can save 15% with the code Wellness Mama. So again, that's F O U R S I G M A T I C dot com forward slash Wellness Mama. And make sure to use the code Wellness Mama to save 15%. Hello, and welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com. And today's episode is going to be all about the brain and music and how we can improve our brain using music. I am here with Daniel Clark, who was one of Brain FM's first users and now serves as CEO. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit about his story today, but he's constantly striving to build a company that can change the world through music. And in this episode, we delve into the science of the brain and how to use music and sound to improve it. So Daniel, welcome and thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I think this is a super fascinating cutting edge topic and I'm guessing a lot of people are already familiar, but for anyone who isn't, can you explain what Brain.fm is? 
Sure. So at Brain FM, we make functional music to help people focus, relax, and sleep better. And it's all backed by science and research. Awesome. So to, can we go a little deeper on like how, how that works and what really separates it from other types of music? Yeah, of course. So basically what we do is we have a patent AI system that creates music that is created for a functional purpose first, and then the music qualities around it are created second, right? So what happens is um, we have all this research on uh, fMRI data, EEG data, and large scale testing um, with people. And we're trying to enable um, individuals to have mental states on demand. So we do focus, relax, and sleep, as mentioned earlier. Our focus product, what I tell people, for adults anyway, is that it's when you have a project due tomorrow, you've had two cups of coffee, and um, it's two in the morning, and you feel like you're in that zone and you can fly, that's exactly what we're trying to replicate on demand in individuals in the same exact way for sleep and for lax too. So if someone has anxiety or just needs to de-stress and take a break, they can throw in our relaxed music or our sleep music, which can help people fall asleep in 15 minutes, but also stay, stay asleep and have a better night's sleep at the same time. Interesting. So people are using this while typically doing other things. This can be used while working or sleeping or, or any time of day, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So it's meant to be more on the background noise. So when you put it on, it's not something where it's try we're not trying to compete with your favorite Rolling Stones mix, let's say. It's more about uh, to be used to block out distractions um, while focusing or, or sleeping even, where uh, like, for example, I live in New York, and it's noisy outside. And where we can't necessarily control the environment, we can control the sounds that are in our house. Um, and, you know, we can help identify and help people fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Interesting. So the moms listening, maybe, I mean, I think we all have a an understanding in some ways of how music affects us, whether it be experiences with music that just touches you on a super deep level or gives you goosebumps. Or um, I know to moms, there's a lot of marketing about certain types of classical music being good for the brain in different ways or um, good for baby's IQ, although obviously those are controversial and they've, some of them have been disproven. But I think um, just intuitively as humans, we understand that music can have a really deep impact on us, but I feel like you're talking about something even above and beyond that. Is there actually like a physiological measurable thing that's happening in the brain with this type of music? Yeah, there is. So we have, what I tell people is it's kind of like we have nine secret spices um, and through different kinds of events in music that we design, we craft uh, music to have a certain kind of response in your body. So the process that uh, we use through our AI is something we have deemed um, neural phase locking. And basically what that does is it encourages your brain to arrive at a certain mental state and then phase lock or stay there for as long as you're listening to our music. Um, it does have a physiological uh, effect on your body. And actually we're currently um, in a grant right now from the government to help us validate if we can compete with different kinds of ADHD medications. Um, and be either a replacement, a preliminary step, or an addition so someone can take less of those medications to be more effective. So it's, it's really interesting. We, uh, most of this stuff comes from an evolutionary level. So we find in our testing that this works on a very large variety of, of subjects, some with ADHD and some actually just not diagnosed with that. Because what happens is on a fundamental level, 
we're all human and we have these uh, things that are built into us. Um, one of the examples that I say is most people, they, um, when they're sleeping, if I see your name, Katie, you're going to wake up. Why? Because your ears and your listening or your hearing is so ingrained with our alert system. 10, 20,000 years ago, uh, those alerts being distracted actually saved their lives because when you're sleeping, um, it's a bear coming at you or a villager or like a, from another town trying to hurt you perhaps, or, you know, a, a myriad of different kinds of uh, things that are trying to hurt us. Right. And in the place that we live today and in, in the in society, we don't have those things trying to hurt us where, you know, the, the worst thing that happens is we get a Facebook notification, you know, <laughs> alerting of this. And what happens is our brain is in overdrive all the time. And what our music is designed to do is to really stop that and, and really block it out and focus your attention in one area. So uh, what I like to tell people, it, a good representation of this on a non-scientific level, is most people sleep better in thunderstorms and, and when it's raining. And it's because most predators don't hunt in thunderstorms or when it's raining. Or, or a more uh, accepted example, too, is uh, the reason why red makes us hungry. It's because looking through the canopy of, of trees, you see a red apple, and it's ingrained into us that, hey, this is, this is what's making me hungry. And if you look at, like, McDonald's and these other uh, companies, they do red because it has a response from you. So what we do, um, it, coming back to our music, is basically taking the things that we do know from an evolutionary level and through our testings and through our data and basically combine a model to create sounds and music that is uh, created with an activity in mind first. Um, and then we basically work with our composers and iteratively with our AI system to output this thing where in 10 to 15 minutes, you can arrive to a mental state um, on demand. That's super fascinating. So you're basically using things built into our nature, like you mentioned, thunderstorms, um, and then basically recreating those kind of effects in the brain to accomplish a certain outcome in the body. Basically, I'm guessing that goes far above and beyond just like, for instance, a white noise machine. Correct. Yeah. So the difference uh, between white noise machines and even some of the things you mentioned before, like classical music and stuff, is that there are certain qualities of those that do work, right? Um, but they, your brain is really good at normalization. So what that means is that when you have certain things that are going on, you kind of just adapt to them. So it's really hot outside when you walk outside. And then 20 minutes later, if you're still outside, you begin to sweat because your body ha wants to reach this homeostasis. It's the same thing in your brain, right? So what we're doing is our music um, is in comparison to white noise or to these classical things or um, different kinds of, really all different kinds of music that you're listening or mentioning is that we scientifically test everything and we have a, I want to say almost like an ingredient list of things that make music uh, work in a certain way. So one of the things you'll, you'll see is if you try our music is that um, we don't have any lyrics or sound um, or people talking in our music or singing. And the reason is because even if you're listening to your favorite song and you really like it, there's tons of studies that actually show that takes away from what you're doing for focusing or even just trying to sleep because it distracts you and you have to put energy into processing that sound and, and, and you know, doing things. So every single thing we have has a very specific approach. 
Um, it has a very specific uh, starting and end point. And then we conduct and create music around those different variations that we have to hit to be able to, again, encourage that mental state um, more effectively than methods have done before. Interesting. So you mentioned um, sleep and focus and even conditions like ADD and ADHD as examples. And you mentioned that you scientifically test everything. So what would be some of the potentially like measurable results that you're seeing in people uh, after they begin using this? Sure. So we have tons of science on this um, in, different, in different ways. It's, it is challenging to be able to give a certain uh, concrete results because even someone's focus is very um, different depending on different activities you're trying to do. If you're focusing on trying to, uh, you know, do emails or even just, um, you know, do some kind of desk work, it's different focus than if you're doing homework and doing math, for example. So um, what we do is we test in a variety of, of different methods. One is we do fMRI data, where basically people are in this machine that are listening to our music versus regular music or white noise or no music, no sound at all. Um, we do that with EEGs. And we also do large-scale testing um, with video games. So we have people play video games with our music versus other music or none, just like before. And we're able to basically discern you know, what improvements we have. So really, it depends on the specific activity, but across the board, we can see people focus and stay at activities longer than they normally would. Um, one of the video games that we have, for example, um, is it's actually just pressing a space bar every time you see a three or an eight flash on the screen. It's a very tedious game. It's not designed to be stimulating. It's actually designed to be boring on purpose. Um, but we find that when people listening to our music, even though it's a task that they're incentivized to finish, that they stick at it longer than someone that doesn't. Um, and that translates basically to when you're in the zone and, and doing things that maybe aren't as enjoyable as you'd like to, being able to stay and stay motivated and get through it um, and really have you know results of at the end of the day, getting more work done so you can focus on doing more things that you find fun or enjoyable. That's really, really cool. So how does this on a practical level sound compared to regular music? You said there's no lyrics. Um, is it comparable to anything anyone might recognize? I wish we could play it for people, but what does it sound like? Yeah, that's a great question. So it actually sounds just like your regular music. We have, we've been developing this technology for like 18 years now. So you can't really find a discernible difference. Um, you'll hear some oscillations that go on in the, during the music play. We also use things of 3D sound, but we have classical music, we have electronic music, we have uh, lo-fi and jazz and things like that. So really uh, the goal is to find the genre that you like. And it actually doesn't even re really matter the genre or the type of music. It's more about the stuff baked into the music behind the scenes. Okay, got it. So take me through um, the practicality of, like, is there a certain way it has to be listened to? Can it just be, um, like, for instance, just playing ambiently in a house? Or does it need to be, like, via headphones? Or how does someone interact with the music? Yeah, um, so it can be played ambiently in a house, but the best conditions are when someone is using it with headphones. So what we have right now is we have an app. Um, it's a subscription service. And Basically, you go in and you pick what you want to listen to. So focus, relax, or sleep. You would hit focus, for example, and uh, someone would be um, listening. And what happens is as you listen to the music, how you interact with the music, whether you skip something or play it or pause it, actually builds this um, whole 
data point for you and we're able to customize the music for the specific individual that's using it. Um, now, we have had uh, instances where we're, we're actually testing, um, we're building an Alexa right now, and uh, one of the people on the project has a kid that um, is doing school and doing homework, and he has been playing it, you know, testing it, and he actually finds that his kid, just by listening to it, um, has a better, you know, better time concentrating and, and focusing through things. So um, it's, it's one of those things that I always recommend that headphones first. But uh, if that's not something that's possible or really wanted, then it can be used um, ambiently, like you were saying. Okay. I wondered if like there's a use for potentially in classrooms. Like I wondered if it could be used wide scale like that. Um, but it sounds like it's preferably used more individually because of the AI. Basically, it's learning from you. Correct. Yeah. We are actually experimenting with some charter schools right now um, and trying to figure out the best use case for that. Um, so we're also we're we're doing some some. Uh, some quick studies basically uh, to see, you know, what those reactions are. And I'm happy to share those as we get them. Awesome. So I'm still like, so my area of research is nutrition and the body. So I'm trying to like fully wrap my mind around how, um, like how music is impacting the brain. And if it's, is it a physiological thing? Is it an, like an electrical thing? Is it a brain wave thing or what? And is the music itself, like, are the wavelengths different? If, I hope that's not a dumb question, but um, I'm just curious of, like, on a physiological level, how the brain's reacting differently versus other types of music. Sure. So, uh, basically, to walk through it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apologize in advance because I am not the PhD responsible for this. Um, we, we do have a lot of scientists on staff that uh, can talk about this more intricately. But basically, on a um, more, on a maybe non-scientific level, is that we have different modules in our brain and we have different kinds of uh, waves. We have, you know, theta waves, delta waves, things like that. And they've been attributed to different mental states that we have, right? And in, on the most basic level is that your brain um, talks to itself, right? It oscillates. Um, so what happens is the faster, the more focused you are, um, the faster it's it's oscillating, let's say, right? This is an exact science, but this is a good representation. And what happens is we're talking right now, let's say we're, we're moving, you know, at a certain speed. And for you to be in a focused state, you your brain has to be moving faster, right? For you to sleep, your brain has to slow down. I know we've all been, you know, lying in a room one day trying to fall asleep. And we can't because our mind is racing. We have so many things on our mind. So basically, through the different um, effects of our music, through the salience events, different kinds of oscillations that we do, and, and, and more, we're basically to, able to encourage the brain to speed up in this example or slow down and being able to be where you need to be to encourage a state. Does that make sense? That does. And I know like I've read a little bit about how, for instance, when you're meditating, the brain is in a different state and you have different levels of different weights than, for instance, when you're exercising or like taking a test. So basically you're kind of identifying what the brain's doing in those different states and then figuring out how to stimulate that pattern. Correct. Yep. So that's, and that's why we call it neural phase locking. So we're able to know the phase that your brain has to be into to encourage your brain to go there. Um, you know, I think it's important to discern that your brain can already achieve sleep on your own or, or deep focus, right? All we're trying to do is being able to give you an opportunity to have a shortcut there. So people can jump into a meditative state, no problem, but it takes practice and a lot of, um, you know, just practice and time. 
And the goal with meditation, for example, is being able to get into that meditative state and almost provide training wheels to get there. Same exact thing for focus and for sleeping. That you, you, Eventually, if you lie in bed long enough, you'll fall asleep. But it could be a difference between 15 minutes or two hours. And that's what our product is, is trying to accomplish. Gotcha. Okay. And I know um, based on your bio, you mentioned that you were one of the first users and you now are serving as the CEO of the company. So I'd love to, before we go further, hear your personal story, because the more I am involved in the health world, the more I realize that um, there is so much value in the N equals one studies and the anecdotal evidence. So I would love to hear your journey and how you've implemented this in your own life. Sure, sure. I'm happy to go through both of those. So for first, I was working in advertising before uh, what we're doing now. And I have always been interested in human 2.0 stuff, right? So um, nootropics, different diets, um, different kinds of practices like meditation and things of that nature. I've I've really tried it all. Um, I'm normally on a ketosis diet. I'm actually just jumping back onto it tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Um, But anyway, I came across this Brain FM in an email, right? Just randomly when they were launching their thing, I must have signed up for it before. And I was interested, you know, I've, I've heard of a similar products like this before um, and, and tried it and was just absentmindedly thinking. And at the time I was, I was coding and developer um, and was working on something. And two hours later, I kind of came back and I was like, whoa, look at all this stuff I did. I can't believe it's only been two hours, how much I've accomplished. And I was very interested then. So I looked through the science and I go, wow, this, this place is, there's something here. And then I, um, I remember buying at the time, um, you know, a a subscription for the whole year. Um, and I was like, this, this is interesting. And I started using it and using it and I go, okay, this is a rocket ship. This, this has an opportunity to really change the world and I want to be part of the ride. So, you know, I remember calling them a bunch and they were telling me that they, they didn't have the budget and I ended up quitting my job um, to start working for free for a month, um, improving it. And, you know, lo and behold, now, now I'm in my position now and running it. And um, it's really interesting because I have the unique position to know what I felt in that moment in my first experience and being able to see the opportunity that Brain FM has to help people. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm now in the position to influence that. And the goal of the company is really to bring out the best of what's inside everyone automatically. Um, and it doesn't, the cool thing about what we're doing is it doesn't even matter if you speak English or French or Mandarin or anywhere in the world. It really depends on like, you know, these things that make us human. And that's what our music is uh, trying to do. Again, bring out the best in yourself. Um, and in my, in, and at that time, um, that's exactly what I felt. Um, so for your other part of your question, the way I use it is I wake up every day and I have, um, a certain to-do list. And what I try to do is I try to build a habit out of it. So I have certain zone times on my calendar. Um, I do Mondays and Tuesdays in the morning for like an hour on Wednesdays. I do about two and a half hours or so. And then, you know, Thursday and Friday, uh, usually in the morning as well. Um, and then what I do is I reserve that time. So I put on focus um, and I will basically, um, you know, plug away at my to-do list, what I need to accomplish. 
Um, you know, we have some emails, you know, I'm, I'm running the company, so I'm um, constantly, you know, having different kinds of conversations. And I try to just, again, have that zone time. Um, and then I come out of it, have a bunch of meetings, record podcasts, like, you know, right now, um, and then jump back into it. So I'll probably do another session later today. Um, on some days, uh, try to get into the meditation. Uh, so I'll bring that out and do like a 20 or 30 minute session. And then for me, again, living in New York City, I use sleep. So I put that on a pretty high fidelity Bluetooth speaker and I blast it and uh, helps me fall asleep. Um, I'm also testing other products that we're working on for the future um, because we're, again, trying to enable mental states on demand and that's more encompassing, just focus, relax, and sleep and uh, got some really cool stuff planned for the future. That's really interesting. And I think the focus component could be really huge. Um, most of the people listening are moms. A lot of them are working moms. So I'd love to hear some case scenarios or ways that you're finding users are using the, the music in, especially like family life or for moms or um, for sleep. And as, as a corollary to that question, um, I know a lot of listeners are concerned with EMFs. And so I'm wondering, can it be used while, for instance, a phone or a device is in airplane mode at night? Um, like, can you, can you download it to your phone? Yeah. So uh, two of those. Uh, first easy question is you can download it. So we have offline uh, settings and uh, you can yeah just download your favorite tracks and then play them at will. For the, for the other things, sorry, actually, can you just repeat that? The first one I got, I got distracted by the EMF. <laughs> sure. Um, so like best use recommendations for moms and for kids. Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, so really what people do is they try to use this as a tool, right? And uh, for, for busy moms working out, the, I, I'm not a busy mom, <laughs> but um, it's about getting more time and, and, and get, getting more done in the limited time that you have. Because basically, um, when you are, when you do have time, you know, to sit down and get work done, you know, if you could get six hours of work done in four hours, that would be an accomplishment. And that's our aim, right? Same thing with sleep. So, you know, unfortunately, we can't all sleep eight, eight hours a night that we'd like to. Or if we can, we want to make sure that we can optimize that. So really, um, a lot of people are using us for one or the other. Some people are using them for both. It really depends on what works for them. Um, I get emails all the time from people that said, hey, you know, I've been, I haven't slept through the night in years because of, you know, this, this or that. I mean, even after you're a mom um, and your kids are old enough, like my mom, <laughs> to take care of yourself, right? She still wakes up you know, in that, in that, oh, hey, where, where, you know, these, these things that pop up in your mind, because, you know, you have, you know, all these kids, or because you have all these other stresses in life. And it's really, again, about using it as a tool to quiet your, your, your mind, um, and able to have, you know, really more production on whatever you're trying to do, whether it's focusing or sleeping. Got it. And I'm curious how this compares to, I know I've seen other um, types of music that are supposed to interact with the brain in different ways, like biurnal beats, if I'm remembering that one, um, mm -hmm. or like, for instance, whole tones we've had on the podcast before. I'm curious the differences and similarities. Yeah, sure. So um, binaural beats and some other tones that uh, have promised to do this in the past, um, uh, binaural beats specifically has had basically a leftover pop side from the 70s with subliminal messaging and things like that. There's a lot of data that showed a lot of promise in that. Um, but eventually it actually got dismissed and there's been tons of studies to show that 
um, your brain kind of normalizes to it and it can have actually uh, retroactive effects. The, the main difference is that we have long-term studies that show um, increased effects and we actually believe the, the more you use our service, the, the faster you can fly into those zones because then it starts priming your brain on the, what it's going to happen. So just like when you wake up in the morning and you have your cup of coffee and you say, hey, I can't, you know, I can't start my day without having a coffee. It's part of that, that trigger that says, hey, this, my day is starting. I have to get up. I have to wake up kind of thing. Um, same thing for, for our sleep and our focus and all the other products that we have. So you mentioned a stu- the study a couple of times and also the grant. Um, mm-hmm. Can you explain the studies that you guys have done and the ongoing research that you're doing and then um, how you're able to work within this grant? Yeah, of course. So um, we've done multiple studies before on our focus and our sleep, right? Um, we've done EEG studies and, and basically pilot studies as well. So to unpack all of that stuff, um, one of the pilot studies we did with this was with the U.S. wrestling team. So in the last Summer Olympics, going up to it, we gave them our sleep product. And uh, after using us consistently for, I believe it was four months, uh, we actually had the youngest competitor, male competitor, sweep gold. Um, and the male uh, wrestling team did overall very well. Um, so that was one of our first sleep uh, pilot studies. And then we started doing more studies, again, with EEG and data that was able to effectively uh, show evidence that someone would have better slow wave sleep. Um, there's different kinds of sleep. Uh, there's, you know, REM sleep, slow wave, and, and among other ones. But basically, slow wave is responsible for the understanding or the memorization of certain things and tasks. Um, it's also responsible for um, healing and being able to uh, feel restful. There's theories, and, and it's, it's interesting because we're on the cutting edge of neuroscience we're still learning a lot about how the brain, you know, reacts and, and, and is. It's one of the still mysteries of, of, you know, how our consciousness is here and, and all that. And we're right up against that. And there's uh, been studies to show that slow wave sleep is also responsible for um, degenerative brain diseases. And, you know, we're hoping that our product can, can help with that. For our focus grant specifically, we won a grant from the um, National Science Foundation to help us study the effectiveness of our music in comparison to different ADHD and ADD treatments on the market right now. Um, so basically right now we're still in testing, but uh, the next phase of the grant sets us up through set, uh, getting through FDA approval um, and through arts classification. So in five to 10 years right uh, from here, if everything goes in the direction it's going right now, we could be one of the first digital prescribed medicines uh, through doctors, actually. That's fascinating. I know a lot of moms listening are going to be um, interested, especially as this becomes more available, because there aren't, I don't feel like, spectacular options available right now other than the pharmaceutical options, which a lot of moms are a little bit leery of, understandably. Sure. So that's exciting. This podcast is brought to you by ready set food a new company that is completely revolutionizing food allergy prevention in children we've all heard that this problem is on the rise in fact most of us know someone personally who has a child with food allergies or perhaps you've even experienced this yourself there are many theories for why this is on the rise and certainly many aspects that need to be addressed like gut health and immune support etc 
but Ready, Set, Food is taking the cutting edge of research and science and using it in a practical way to prevent babies and children from getting food allergies in the first place. Here's how. The most up-to-date studies are showing that carefully calculated early exposure in the right amount can stop many cases of food allergies. Ready, Set, Food makes this easy with a simple system that can be added to breast milk, formula, or baby's first foods to give incremental and calculated exposure to the top allergens like peanuts, egg, and milk. When used as directed, this can reduce the chance of childhood allergies by up to 80%. And many of the top pediatricians in the country recommend this product and they have medical advisors overseeing every aspect of it. You can learn more about this evidence-based approach and how to integrate it if you have a baby by going to readysetfood.com forward slash wellnessmama. Again, that's R-E-A-D-Y-S-E-T-F-O-O-D.com forward slash wellness mama. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic, a company whose delicious drink mixes I use daily pretty much in some form. I've been fascinated lately by studying the benefits of medicinal mushrooms like chaga, for instance, which has more antioxidants gram for gram than anything else on the planet. So one serving, for instance, has the same amount of antioxidants as 30 pounds of carrots. Crazy. Cordyceps is another one which is great for the immune system. There's reishi, which helps promote restful sleep, and lion's mane, which is thought to promote focus and brain health. Four Sigmatic takes these superfood mushrooms and blends them with coffee for a brain-boosting, jitter-free morning drink. They also have a line of delicious elixirs that are caffeine-free, and they're great for any time of day. So I almost always end my day with a warm cup of their Reishi Elixir, which makes a noticeable difference in my sleep quality. And I often begin my mornings with a cup of their Coffee with Lion's Mane. My kids also love their superfood hot cocoa, and I love that it contains Reishi, which helps promote calm and sleep. You can check out those products and all of their products by going to foursigmatic.com forward slash wellnessmama, and you can save 15% with the code Wellness Mama. So again, that's F O U R S I G M A T I C dot com forward slash Wellness Mama. And make sure to use the code Wellness Mama to save 15%. From a mom's perspective, too, I'm thinking when it comes to like health and life and just balance kids sleeping is one of the biggest factors that makes a difference. So you mentioned it can be played ambiently and in airplane mode. Does this mean, for instance, like all of my kids sleep at least two of them in a room? So could I put that on while they're sleeping uh, and they could all be listening? Totally. Yeah. So for when we were talking earlier, there's actually a difference between the sounds and the soundscapes we have and even just the frequencies of our focus product and our sleep product. So focus is best Again, over headphones, it can be played ambiently, but I usually recommend headphones. But for sleep, um, because it's such a slow wave sound, and because of the different frequencies are longer, there there's a there's an easy use of being able to connect it to a Bluetooth device. Um, it has to be what I keep saying: Bluetooth and connecting it is because your phone, while it can play music, needs to have the depth of sound. So it needs to have the low frequencies that we're playing to help be most effective. So you definitely could, Katie, throw it into a room and put it on airplane mode and put it on for eight hours and get the same benefits um, than putting on headphones and listening. 
Okay. You just want a high quality speaker that can get the full range basically. Yep. Okay. Can you explain a little more in depth why the headphones apply more to the focus one? Is it that there's like, is there division between what each ear is hearing or just the waves themselves or what makes that more important with focus? So there's a lot of high frequency sounds that we're playing that are a little bit indecipherable um, when you're trying to listen to them. But basically, uh, when you have these high frequency sounds, they're moving really, really fast in a room, um, they bounce off of things. So, And when they finally hit your ear, it's hard for your brain to decipher um, what is actually happening or what is those sounds. So um, it's really easy for me to do visually with my hands, but unfortunately, we don't have that method right now. But basically, think of... I don't know, I guess think of my hand going up and down extremely quickly, right? And those are the waves of sound that are entering from speakers. And when those waves hit an object, um, there's just a ton, there's even more waves that are moving faster and faster and faster. And then they finally hit your ear and it can be lost. It's like a data transmission thing where it still works. You still have cell phone service, but it's not as strong. Um, so that's why I keep saying if you are going to use it, you know, ambiently to use the highest uh, fidelity speaker or being right next to the device works as well. Uh, but in, in, in comparison, our sleep, which is slow wave, because it's a slow wave sound, whereas, you know, or something like that, that is baked into the music behind that is actually doing the effects when it bounces off an object and goes to your ear, your brain actually, because it's so slow, can discern the difference. Um, and, and actually piece it together. And that's why it's more effective. And, and it's okay if it's just streaming off of a device. Okay, super interesting. I think that makes sense. Um, with the focus side, especially, are you guys seeing, um, like, who are your most use cases for that? Are you seeing lots of students, for instance, or um, researchers, or who are you finding is using it most often? Yeah, good question. So for focus, our biggest demographic are um, actually entrepreneurs and different types of people that have these very intensive jobs. So um, entrepreneurs being one of them, being able to need to, you know, find a, a state of, of focus um, on demand because it's very challenging to find that with you know, running a company or whatever. Um, we also have, do have a lot of students, um, but we also have tons of doctors and lawyers that have to have this deep work um, and being able to, um, you know, get to a place. We also find uh, a lot of people that generally use music already. So developers, people in front of computer screens all the time, they're using us. Um, and then lastly, we have tons and tons of writers. Um, and this is all for the focus product, but basically people that are responsible for writing X amount of words a day, um, they're able to find their flow state a lot faster uh, with us. On the sleep side, it's actually a really wide spectrum. We have a lot of people with PTSD that use us. Um, I get tons and tons of love letters all the time from people um, that have challenges sleeping, um, even people that are on you know prescriptions that have tried us. Um, and it's really, I would say, more about the people that need help sleeping, but also about the people that want that better night's sleep and are looking for more alternatives to get it. Um, that's pretty much the core of our demographics. 
So you use the word flow state. Um, and I'm curious because I've read, for instance, like Stealing Fire by Stephen Kotler and some um, The Rise of Superman books that look at the flow state and the physiological and psychological effects. So with the focus side, are you guys able to sort of mimic the brain patterns that actually happen in a flow state? I know they talk about the cycle that happens in the brain when that initiates. Is that essentially what you guys are imitating or accomplishing? You know, I, so I'm going to be very careful, and I, I don't know if I can say specifically we're in flow state um, because there's a lot of different kinds of uh, readings that are uh, attributed to that, and I just haven't worked uh, closely enough uh, with them over there yet. But we're, you know, we, we have talked about it, um, so we're currently pursuing and, and seeing where that goes. Um, but yes, I mean, we're trying to find the zone, really, and, and trying to find you know, intense and deep focus that you're able to replicate time and time over again. Um, I think that it's very similar. And I guess I, I'm all, I, flow popped out because I'm just here talking to you here in my office. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, that's, that's really what we're trying to do is how do we make you get to this place of like feeling you can fly and, and, and doing all the things that you need to do um, without necessarily thinking because the challenge, the challenge, it's like going to the gym, right? When you're at the gym, it's not necessarily hard to go to the gym because all you have to do is really lift weights or run or whatever. Those aren't challenging exercises. It's the part, it's the person inside of you that is saying, well, I wonder about this, or I wonder about that, or did I, you know, did I lock my house? Or, oh, wow, this is really challenging. This is tough. And it's about quieting that individual, right? And that's the same for sleeping. That's the same for focusing. That's the same for working out. Um, it's all about basically aligning to focus on the activity. And really, it's almost kind of like meditation, you know, taking out your, your busy brain and replacing it with uh, the one that's doing the task. Does that make sense? It does. And especially on the meditation side, that resonates with me because... I'm not the type to be able to ever sit and think about nothing. I've never been super successful at meditation in that way. Um, but if I have like a focus or um, something I can concentrate on that's still creating that, that same state, then I am much more successful. So that part I love the idea of. Um, are the focus and the sleep, are they part of the same, like, the same program? So if someone wanted to try it, would they get access to both? Yep, yep. So basically uh, we're sub subscription service. And when you sign up for the subscription, you get access to all of our content um, and our growing library. So you're able to use focus, relax, sleep. We also have nap and meditation in there. And then like I hinted at before, we're working on different products um, for the future. One of those is being workout actually, which we have some really interesting preliminary studies on. Um, we're not unfortunately probably gonna release that until 2020. Um, and that's because again, we're science first and we wanna make sure that um, every product that we have has been tested and has results that um, well outpace like, hey, is this a placebo? Is this something, you know, all of our tests are going above and beyond to, to prove that these are, you know, this is a method to um, help improve beyond just, you know, the thoughts of it. So, yeah, uh, make a long story short is when you, you get access to our service, you get access to everything and also the future of stuff that we're going to be adding. Very cool. And as we get near the end, a couple of questions somewhat unrelated that I love to ask and can't wait to hear your answers to. Uh, the first is, is there a book or books that have had a profound impact on your life that you'd recommend and they don't obviously have to be in the same vein of thought or topic? Yeah, of course. So I think there's a bunch of books. I love the book Relentless. Um, that's a book about basically 
channeling your energy. And it talks, there was a coach of Michael Jordan. Actually, it talks about getting really honest with yourself about why we want to accomplish a task. Um, and I always love that book. Um, I think The Slight Edge is a great book as well. And it basically talks about how you can improve very slightly every single day. Um, and for example, if you're, if you're going for 10 or 20% increases over months, it, you know, it could work um, and you could have these huge gains or you could do 1%. And if you just made yourself 1% better every day for a year, you'd be 365% better than when you started. You know, that's something that's always had a major impact on me because it's not necessarily about stopping everything and, and doing everything perfectly. It's just about getting a little bit better every day. I love both of those recommendations. And then lastly, um, if there was a piece of advice that you could spread far and wide, um, what would it be and why? Because there is a couple hundred thousand people who listen to this. So I'm curious what your advice would be. Yeah, I, I think honestly, it'd be about uniting your passion with something that can help people. So, you know, my, my passion for what I bring to every day for Brain FM is about, you know, I, I, I honestly truly feel that we have an opportunity to help elevate humanity as a whole and that I can do that by spreading, you know, what we're doing. And that's why we're doing it with science. And that's why, you know, I'm here even talking about it because we have something that, is very effective and I'm excited to share it. And I think that in anything, it's about having that passion first before doing something because in other areas of life or, you know, seeing other people, sometimes their passion is to get money or to passion is to get, you know, X or Y. And while those may fund you for a little bit, they're not forever. I think when you have this passion, you unite people and really help all of humanity, um, that's something that can really go far and beyond just doing something to do it. I love that. And I completely agree. I'm so grateful every day that I get to do something that um, both I love and is super fulfilling, but more importantly, I feel like is creating a positive effect in some way in other people's lives. I think that definitely cannot be underestimated. And I love that that is what you brought up. Um, Dan, thanks so much. This has been super enlightening. I have not um, tried Brain FM, but it is on my list and I definitely will be trying it now. And I appreciate you explaining because I have wondered about the science and how it works and you definitely answered all of my questions. So I'm really grateful for your time and for you being here today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. And I hope that you'll join me again next time on the Wellness Mama podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time. And thanks as always for listening.